Welcome to Life Source Church. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. Today you're going to hear a message from Pastor Walt that we hope encourages you. All right, I want you to try to guess something this morning. I want you to um, uh, talk about a quality that leads to certain kinds of actions in life that does not come natural to human beings. And yet, pretty much across the board, human beings would look at this quality and say, that's a really great quality to have. It's a quality that's often admired in other people. But in ourselves, it's a challenge. And yet it's really a quality that is, is a crucial part of what it means to be a, a, a Christian, to be a follower of Christ. And it's a quality that we can develop and really grow in, and yet probably as we continue down the line, we, we're always going to find ourselves having to keep working on it, keep trying to go back to it, keep deepening ourselves in it. Do you know what it is? I'm not asking you to say it out loud, but there might be a number of qualities that would fit that. But we want to look today and see what Peter has to say about a particular set of qualities that are linked to each other. So take your Bibles and turn to 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 5. We're just going to look at three verses today. You remember last week he talked about, you know, uh, being a shepherd to God's people, both for pastors and for all of us to aspire to um, that role of helping other people become who God wants them to be. And that really, that thought flows right into the verses we're going to look at today. So we're on page 1394 in the Bible that's under the chairs there. And as always, we encourage you to follow along. I think you'll find it helpful. Verse number five. He says, likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. And of course, that's a, a reflection back to what we just looked about. He was talking about being elders and, and how that works, being that role of shepherd, spiritually mature, that term elders. And then he's saying, okay, you younger people need to look to those older people. Okay, that's a, by the way, that is something that in our, and maybe, maybe lots of cultures have thought this, but I would really say very much in our culture today, it's a very youth-driven culture, right? And uh, there isn't a lot of conscious respect for those who are older. And so, but he's saying here, look to those who are older, look to those who can have this shepherding role in your life, okay? Now, let's, let's jump on into this uh, set of qualities here. He says, yes, all of you be submissive to one another. Okay, not just the younger to the older, but all of you, that include me, you, all of us, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. And that's really the character quality I was talking to you about. Be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, 
for he cares for you. Father, we do ask that you, as Pastor Dave prayed, that you would speak to us through your word today, that we would hear from you. Uh, not only just what is straightforward spoken in the text, Lord, but that you in our hearts and minds would help us to hear from you what we need to hear in relation to these things. And I pray, Lord, that right now we would already settle that our hearts would be submissive to you, that we would surrender to you and say yes to you, Lord, about whatever you would speak to us from your word today. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so back up to verse five. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. And it doesn't say this here, but it's kind of like, to me, he says, well, in fact, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. All right, so the first thing I think we want to see from this passage today is that God calls us to be genuinely humble and submissive as a way of ministering to each other. Now we're ministering a way of serving each other. Okay, this idea of humility. You know, what are, what are we talking about here? Uh, you probably have some idea in your mind about what it means to be humble, but he's saying that this humility is going to be expressed through being submissive toward each other. Now, uh, most of you probably remember, we've talked about this a number of times in scripture, that this word to submit or to be submissive uh, comes from uh, a word, a root word with a prefix on it, okay? Or if we're looking at it from your side, a root word and a prefix on it. And, and that root word here is to arrange, okay? To arrange something. And what he's saying is you need to arrange yourself, and the prefix means under, okay? So if you're going to submit to someone or be submissive toward them, they're here and you're here, you are going to arrange yourself under them. And, and the, why, why we do that? For, for the purpose of what? Being supportive, being help, helpful in whatever that person may need. If there's some way we can help them, we come underneath and help. We submit our own desires. We submit our own priorities. We submit all kinds of things. Say, because you matter to me. You are my brother in Christ. You are my sister in Christ. Maybe you're my husband. Maybe you're my wife. You're my child. You're my parent. But the idea is we come we submit ourselves, and that's what he's saying here, that we need to look around at each other, and as needed, we submit. And, and like I said, if you're thinking submit primarily to somebody over you saying submit, that's not what this is talking about. Paul, uh, Peter doesn't say anything about make people submit to you, does he? No, not about it. You need to submit to me. No, 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 I need to submit to you. Okay, and so and that idea, again, is coming underneath you to support you, to lift you up, to help you in whatever needs you have that I can help to meet, okay? So that is what that, uh, the word submissive means. And then this idea when he says clothed with humility, clothed with humility, he doesn't say just be humble, does he? He says be clothed with humility. This word that, that's translated clothed there was used in uh, the Greek language, the idea of clothing yourself in a way that that communicates what you're about or what you're doing. And when he's talking about clothing yourself with humility, in fact, there, the, a, a, an example from the Greek culture, this idea of being clothed with humility was, is the idea of putting on an apron. Putting on an apron. So if, if people come over to your house and you're visiting there and you realize, you know, I need to, to make something to feed these people or whatever, and you do what? You go put on your apron. 
okay? And if someone see this, they say, oh, it's, it's obvious you're taking that role, aren't you? I'm going to try to meet your needs. Well, he says here, our apron is humility. Okay? In other words, I, I put on humility in my interaction with you. You put on humility in your interactions with me. And that, that communicates to each other that we're here to serve each other. We're here to help each other, to make a difference in each other. By the way, you know, Dave kind of talked about it in fellowship, and I know others I've talked to you about. Isn't it, isn't it good to be a part of the family of God where there are people around who will do this in your life? who will humble themselves and, and, and submit themselves to your needs and come alongside you when you have it. And what a blessing it is then to be able to do that for others as well, isn't it? It's, you know, the, the church is an amazing place to be in that kind of thing. But this idea of humility, humility of mind, uh, Paul talks about this in Philippians chapter 2 when he's talking about the uh, character of Christ. So let's, let's look at it. He says, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in, in, in lowliness of mind. This is this same word for humility. Lowliness of mind. We'll talk about what that means a little bit. But lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest. Do you need to look out for your own interest? Do you? Yeah, I mean, there's things we need to pay attention to and deal with, right? But look... Uh, uh, let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others, the needs of others. And so when he says, in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others, value others better. Now this word better, kind of interesting because we tell you, well, what do you mean? So they're superior to me and I'm inferior? That's not the point. The point is, is that here we are in life, I, you know, I have my needs and things going on in my life, and you have needs and things going on in your life, and, and I see those needs, and if I'm able, if I'm genuinely able to kind of maybe set my needs aside for a minute, I'm going to say, oh, your needs are more important. You're better here at this point, okay? In other words, I need to come underneath you and help you right now. And, and boy, I, I have to trust God with mine then, don't I? I have to trust God with taking care of me. But anyway, so I do that, and so I submit and come under. This is the idea of better. Uh, he says, be submissive to one another. Be clothed with humility. Now, I want to share with you just a short video. It's going to take you way back, and it's kind of fun. But in this video, you see the two polar opposites of this idea of those who are selfish, I want it my way, and then those who are saying, no, no, we want to be submissive and clothed with humility. So let's watch. Right here. Now, what was that you saw? 
Man, that sound, the music just comes back. It's, that's Saturday morning, right? All right. And that's, it's, it's silly, but you get the idea, right? This, this two chipmunks being very much desiring to put themselves under the other one and address the need. And of course, the dog said, no way, my way, <laughs> right? Uh, so this idea of being humble, and so it's important to understand, this idea of, of submitting to others is not about demeaning ourselves. It's not about putting ourselves down and saying, I'm no good, I'm worthless, all I, I just got to you know, be under everybody else. That's not what it is about at all. We're talking about a voluntary decision, right? A voluntary decision. I, I, I'm not under you. Are we equal before God? Yes, we're equal before God. It doesn't even matter what positions we hold in life. We are equal before God. And so that's not the question. The question is, am I going to see your need and be willing to submit myself to your needs and to try to help you and serve you in those ways. Now, so it's, it's a choice we make. It's a voluntary decision we make, but it's not just, that can make it sound like humility and submission is just a preference. <laughs> but it's not just a preference. It's something that God feels very, very strongly about. In fact, um, well, let's look at the rest of the verse here. Okay, the, the, where they go back and actually quote from Proverbs, but he says, God resists the proud, but God gives grace to the humble. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And, and so pride is the opposite. It's a focus on me. Um, in fact, the word that's translated pride, literally it, it's another one of those words. There's a root word and there's a prefix in front of it. And the root word is to shine out or to show forth. And the prefix is over. And so when I shine myself out over you, right? I show myself as more important than you. Those things are prideful. And that's when we're going our own way. We're doing our own thing. We don't have a submissive heart. Not even to God. That is crucial. It says here, what does God do to those who are proud? He resists them. He resists them. Now, just on the face, by the way, just an interesting note for you here. The word that's translated resist, it's again a word with a prefix. There's a lot of words in Greek, like a lot of words in English like that too. We just don't tend to notice them so much in English. Um, but it's the same word that we get the word submit from. Because the root word is to arrange. To arrange yourself. And then the prefix here, when it talks about God resisting, he's against. God will arrange himself against you if you are proud. Now that's a scary thought, isn't it? Do you think you can win a shoving match with God? You're not going to, okay? Uh, in fact, God is, uh, before, I, before I look at that, let me just say to you this. So this idea of being prideful, this is... If you're prideful, you know, you may not even want someone to come under you and help you, right? You're just, I've, I've got this taken care of. It's about me. It's me, it's me, it's me. God resists that. If you have never received Christ as Savior, okay, you who are here today or you who are watching or maybe someone listening later, if you have never received Christ as Savior, if you're thinking, well, hey, no, that's okay. I can take care of this. I, my good works are going to outweigh my bad. Or I, you know, I don't need God 
Uh, however you're thinking, and it's not even always that conscious. It's just I'm self-sufficient. Well, if you're living that way, God, he says God resists you. And, and guess what that means? You can't get saved. You cannot receive Christ as Savior. You cannot have your sins forgiven. You cannot receive eternal life. You cannot have God in your life working and changing you in, in good and awesome ways if you are prideful. You can't because at the core of coming to Christ and receiving Christ as Savior is saying what? I need a Savior. I am not self-sufficient. I cannot save myself. There's no good works I can do. They're going to fix this problem. I need God. And so that's the very beginning. We're humbling ourselves before God. And when we humble ourselves before God, we give grace. He gives grace to the humble. And his grace is his working in our life that enables us to, to respond to him and to do what he wants us to do. And so at that moment, when, when you or I, by his grace, say, boy, I do need a savior. Oh, God, I believe Jesus died for my sins and rose again. At that point, he gives us the grace to put our faith in him and to receive Christ as savior. And the, the, the statement of the Holy Spirit through Paul in Ephesians becomes true. For by grace are you saved through faith. But if you're proud, no grace. If you're proud, God resists you and pushes you. And by the way, he's not just being mean pushing you. He's pushing you to get you to the place where hopefully you will finally humble yourself before him. But God takes this very seriously. If we go to Proverbs chapter 15, it says this. Go ahead. Oh, it's right there in front of me. Sorry. The Lord will destroy the house of the proud, but he will establish the boundary of the widow. Now, the idea of the widow is, is a, in that society would be someone who had really no power in life. They, yeah, she doesn't have a way, a means of making a living. She needs others to help her. She is very much in a position to be humble. Okay, and he says, God will deal with that person. But the proud, he's going to what? You know, destroy. And this, this destroy means to ruin or bring to uh, disorder, take apart. Okay? Um, he also says that, excuse me, so rather than shining on ourselves... Right? That's what he said, shining over, shining ourselves out and over. What we want to do is shine on the Lord. Humble ourselves and make sure the glory and the attention is going to him, not to ourselves. In Jeremiah, there's two verses. It says this. It says, thus says the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man glory in his might nor let the rich man glory in his riches, right? It's about me, and that's what I glory in. I'm, there's a pridefulness there. He says, no, here's how you need to respond. He says, but let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord, exercising loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these I delight, says the Lord. That's a humble approach, right? Wow, I'm just so grateful that I get to know God. I'm so grateful he's worked in my life and I can understand what he's doing. I'm so grateful that he is Lord and, I, and faithful and I can follow him. All those kinds of things, those are humility and so therefore God gives grace. And the Apostle Paul warned us specifically as Christians in Romans chapter 12 when he was talking about, he's getting ready to talk about how God has gifted us spiritually and he says this, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith 
God has given us. Now, once again, I don't want you to hear this is demeaning. This is not demeaning. You're not saying, oh boy, I'm no good. Now, if you want to talk about, can I earn my salvation? Can I be good enough that God will accept me on my own? Yeah, no, I'm no good. Okay? But when it comes to your value, how valuable are you? Anybody got an old car here? Who has an old car? How many of you got old cars? Okay. If someone came along with your old car, and well, first of all, does anybody have any idea how valuable your car is at the moment? What do you think? How much could you sell it for? Somebody. What? 40000 40, That's not an old car, unless it's a, unless it's a classic car. All right. Uh, but most of us don't have cars like that. But even there, what if somebody came along and said, what, what kind of car is it, Joel? Oh, okay. And uh, what if somebody came along and said, oh, wow. I, I always wanted a car like that. This is perfect. This is, this is the color I want. I, I want this car. And you know what? I'll give you 400000 for it. Will you take it? <laughs> yeah. You would take it. Uh, I mean, but Joel, I mean, I asked you how much it's worth, and you said it was worth what? But if a guy will offer you 400000 how much is it worth? 400000 that's right. It's worth 400000 to the one who's willing to pay that. Well, what did Jesus pay for you and me? What did God the Father pay for you and me? His only son. Jesus came and gave his life. How valuable are you? Extremely valuable, okay? In the eyes of the only one who really matters. Um, so that's what he's talking about is that we value. He's not talking about our values. He's talking about as you evaluate yourself in life. And, and if you find yourself inevitably comparing yourself, you know, I, I, I t- teach this well and this person does that or I have this. And, and we start comparing ourselves. No, no. Don't do that, right? Don't think of yourself higher than you ought to. Be, be realistic. Now, this doesn't mean, I mean, um, I'm just going to, Melanie, I'm going to talk about you for a minute, Okay. So Melanie sings, and God has given her a wonderful voice, hasn't he? And he's given her lots of experience and opportunities to use it. And we all benefit from that. And if you wanted to, to, to Melanie said, you know, wow, I just so appreciate your, your singing, and, you know, you sing so wonderful, such an encouragement to me. And she says, oh, I really can't sing. What would you think? One of two things. Either she's being fake humility or she's losing it, okay? The fake humility, and so fake humility isn't good. So that isn't about, yes, I have certain gifts and abilities. I know what I can do. I need to think, I need to see those things, but I shouldn't see myself as higher than I am, right? I have these abilities, but that doesn't make me better than, okay? So this is what it's talking about here. And so this, this first idea, God calls us to be genuinely humble and submissive as a ministry to others. This puts us in a position to be able to minister to people, come underneath them and serve them. And then verse six, therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. I want to say to you that it is somewhat, from a human perspective, risky to clothe yourself with humility. From a human perspective, it's somewhat risky to Come underneath somebody else and help them from a human perspective. 
All right, well, let's, let's see here. The second thing I want us to see is this. The only healthy way to be humble and submit to others is by humbly submitting to God first. All right? So it isn't me just saying, oh, I'm going to come underneath you and help you, because that could be risky, but it's no. It's God, I'm under you. I'm submitting to you. And even as I'm submitting to you, I'm actually submitting to God, aren't I? Okay? And what will God do for those who submit to him? Who humbles us? He gives them grace. He works in their lives. He, whatever risk there might be, he can take care of you in that situation. Okay, so this is really important. It is ultimately about humbling ourselves before God. And, and what's it say here? That when we humble ourselves under the, by the way, the mighty hand of God, God can do whatever needs to be done in our lives. And so if we find ourselves in a difficult situation because we're serving him, he can take care of us. He can either remove it, he can change it, he can strengthen us to go through it, he can bring us through it, whatever. He can do whatever needs to be done. So we're humbling ourselves under a God who can do whatever needs to be done. He says what will happen? He says that he may exalt you in due time. If you focus on lifting yourself up, it won't work. It won't. I mean, it might for a while, but it's not going to work. You can't do that. But if you focus on lifting up the Lord and lifting up other people as you serve the Lord, what will God do? What's it say? Exalt you. He will lift you up. Okay? He's, he's going he's to take you. If you humbly serve God, God will exalt you you. And if you humbly serve others because you're serving God, God will exalt you. Now what does that mean exactly? I I don't know what it's going to look like in our lives. But God will lift us up. And I I remember the the song that we we sing on occasion, um, down at your feet, O Lord, is the what? Most high place. Down at your feet. In your presence, Lord, and I don't remember all the rest of it, there's no higher calling, no greater honor than to bow and kneel before your throne. I'm amazed at your glory, embraced by your mercy. Oh, Lord, I live to worship you. And worship is this idea of bringing ourselves under, exalting him, and humbling ourselves. And when we do that, he will lift us up. Is that always true? Not a trick question. What's it say? Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. He will. But you have to humble yourself first, right? That's the idea. Humble yourself so he can exalt you. Because if you aren't humbling yourself, now you're proud and what's God up to? Resisting you resisting you to try to get you to finally humble yourself. And so, but if we will humble ourselves, he said that, then we are in a place where he can lift us up in whatever way he wants to. The Apostle Paul in that same passage we looked at earlier about the the likeness of Christ, he says this, he says, well, actually, let me show you this one. Haughtiness goes before destruction. Go ahead. Haughtiness goes before destruction, but humility precedes honor. See, that's the order. If you're haughty, prideful, God resists. Destruction comes. 
But the order is if you humble yourself, humility, that brings honor from God. And that's where you want it. Honor from men is fleeting. Honor from God is perfect. Okay? So then in that passage in Philippians 2, the Apostle Paul says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant. He humbled himself. and talks about came to serve us and to meet our needs. He humbled himself. Therefore, God is also what? Highly exalted him. See the order? That's always the order. And, and we know this, this exaltation is going to be big because it's, he follows right up after this and says that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, right? He is highly, highly exalted. So here's the deal. Seek to make yourself important and God will actively oppose you. Seek to serve others in humility. God will give you grace. And he will affirm your importance and your value. Now, I just bet God doesn't do this as quickly as we would like. You know? Well, I got somebody a cup of coffee this morning. Come on, God. That's silly, right? But when we find ourselves in difficult positions, but look what's it say? That he may exalt you. What's it say? What's next? You guys are out there today, right? In due time. When the time is right. God knows the perfect time. Okay? And so he will do this at the set or proper time. All right, verse 7. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. So the third idea is this. That God deeply cares about you. And he will assure your well-being as you serve him. Talked about sometimes a feeling like a risk. Sometimes we feel like, hey, I should be a witness. Okay, here's a thought. You know, we think about coming on and serving people, helping them with, you know, some need they have in their life. But let's, let's think about this. Here you are, and here this other person in your life is, and this person doesn't need food, this person doesn't need shelter, this person doesn't need money, have good health, good family life, all that kind of stuff. But they don't. No, Jesus. What do you and I need to do? We need to submit ourselves to them in humility and come under them to do what? To help them to know that they need to receive Christ as Savior. That's a way we can... And, and that is a submitting to each other because let's be, I think we can be real honest with ourselves when we see this situation, how many times do we go, no, right? Or I'm scared. I don't know what to say. Or I don't, humble yourself and say, okay, I'm coming under. Look, I don't really know how to tell you this, but I just, I, can I share something with you that's just changed my life? See, put yourself under it. Do what needs to be done there. And so, God deeply cares about you and he will assure your well-being as you serve him. He's going to take care of you when you do those things. Now it says that we then, because this is true, because this is true, we can cast all our cares upon him. This word cares, <clears throat> the things that we have. Care means an uneasy state of heart and mind that's marked by uncertainty, worry, 
concern and responsibility. And also the cause of those feelings could be, be called your cares. And it can be a weightiness. It can be a fear. It can be uh, anxious. It can be uh, uncertainty. I don't know what to do. All these kinds of things. And those are our cares. And, and we find ourselves carrying those cares, don't we? Well, then it says what we need to do with that. Instead of carrying those things around, we need to cast them on the Lord. How do we do that? Well, this word casting really has three different ideas, and it fits pretty much every aspect of our life. It can mean to quickly fling. Have you ever quickly flunged something? Yahoo! I mean, you care, but in life, right? You've thrown something. To quickly fling or to deposit a load, a heavy load, or maybe just to disperse, spread this out. Spread it out and away from you. And so what he's saying is this, when you find yourself experiencing, and, and here we are, I want to humble myself before God. God, I'm going to humble myself to you, and that means I'm, I'm going to clothe myself with humility, and I'm going to begin looking around and be aware, who, who can I serve and where can I serve? Two things. One is that you have things and cares and problems in your life that make it hard for you to even think about that. Right? Isn't that, is that true for you or just for me sometimes? i got stuff going on in my life that I can't even feel like I can't even think about doing this. Summer. So those are cares and burdens that I need to cast on the Lord. Or maybe that my biggest care and burden is I'm scared to do this. I don't know how I can do this. I, there's so many unknowns. And, and so that may be our care, whether it's the cares that we already have or the cares that come in our decisions. We need to cast them on the Lord. We need to not be carrying those. And so the idea is this. Something comes along and all of a sudden, and that maybe this is the case. Life's going pretty well and you're, I need to submit myself here. And it may be that I need to share the gospel or I need to help with some other way. I'm going to come under here, be humble and serve. And I go, <gasps> okay. Fling it on the Lord, right? Okay, no, Lord, what am I doing? This is, this is not my problem. This is, you take care of that stuff. I'm going to do this. We fling on the Lord. It may be, and this is probably more likely what's going on in your own life, you, because of what happened 10 years ago and what happened five years ago and what happened last year and what happened last month and what happened last week and what happened last night. And I am so burdened down. And so this is the idea... I need to say, okay, well, God, here I am. I, I, I haven't done well with this. I need to just deposit this with you. Okay, God, it's yours. Now, how many times do you think you might have to do that? Because I tell you what we do. We go, Lord, okay, it's yours. I deposit the load. But Lord, okay, no, I deposit this with you, Lord. But Lord, I got to... Right? But we got to keep doing it. Keep casting. Cast the care. Every time you notice you have the care, cast it on him. And it may be the idea is just the kind of normal stuff of life that comes along and is kind of distracting you, the cares of life. And so just disperse those. Keep those. As you go through life, Lord, okay, wait. No, Lord, this is, yep, Lord, this is yours. And Lord, this is yours. And that doesn't mean we don't have to deal with it. We don't do something about it. But we say, what do you want me to do about it, God? I'll do that. Right? And we get that in his word and we find that with other people, other believers who will come under us as well. And the point is this, you don't have to carry the weight and burden of cares yourself and trust them to the Lord. You can trust them to him. And why can you trust them to him? What's it say? 
Casting all your care upon him for, we could say because, he cares for you. What a huge statement that is. God cares for you. Now, this is a different word than the word cares in the beginning of the verse. Casting your cares upon him, where God cares for you. Different word. This word means that the care, uh, it means that he is intensely interested, that you are important to him. You matter to him. And that is such, let that sink in. The God of the universe, the God who is, how big is he? He's infinite. And how big are you and I in the overall scheme of things? He's small, and yet he says, I care for you. You matter to me. You are important to me. And once you settle this, once you settle this, God cares for me. It'll change many things in your life. Let me explain. How, have, maybe you've felt this yourself. If not, you've undoubtedly heard it in somebody else. Somebody who has really hard things happen in their life, right? Either major catastrophe or sometimes it's ongoing crisis and just hard. And people start to feel like, where is God? Have you ever heard anybody say that? Where is God? Does, does God care that I'm going through this stuff? And by the way, when you're there, that, is, that doesn't help you at all. That doesn't get you where you need to be. It doesn't help you emotionally. It doesn't help you spiritually, mentally, nothing. When, when you're worrying, where's God and does he even care about this? Does God care? Here's how it'll change your life when you settle it. Back in 19, let's see, 1979-1980. I know, ancient history. Um, Glenda and I had, we'd been married for a year. I'd graduated from the University of Missouri and we married and then we moved away to Bible college to prepare for the ministry. And um, we were dirt poor at that point in time. We were just scratching to make it, okay? And I was, of all things, selling pots and pans, trying to make a living. And uh, I'd drive down into the hills of Arkansas to the cities and towns there and sell cookware. And we went into the Christmas break really broke, okay? Um, not knowing how we would be able to pay the bills we had, not knowing how we would get back in school. And so I went out on the road by myself. I remember this, it was after Christmas, I'm out on the road 10 or 11 days, and I am overwhelmed. This, you gotta understand, this is a point in my life, early in my spiritual life, and I haven't had the experiences with God that I've had now. And I, I'm like, you know, God, what? I'm in a hotel room by myself, you know? A lot of hours when you can't be out trying to sell pots and pans. And I'm alone, and I'm talking to God, and I'm agonizing over this. And there's a passage of Scripture, Philippians chapter 4. Many of you know it, but it's said, and the King James says it like this, be careful for nothing. Careful means full of cares. Had lots of cares. He said, don't be careful about anything. Instead, pray to God. Make, let your supplication be known to him. And give him thanks for how he's working your life. And he says this, And the peace of God, which passes understanding, will guard or keep your hearts in Christ Jesus. So you don't have to have a heart that's just, uh, No, I can have peace. 
And, and I wrestled through these issues and kept going to God. And, and yes, God, by the end of that time period, enabled us, I was able to sell enough to, to pay off all of our bills, get us all up to date, and get us back in college. Now, what I'm going to tell you is, I mean, I learned there that God will meet my needs. That's good. But I want to tell you, there's something I think more important that I learned through this. I learned that God cares for me. And all through my life, the things that, the times when I've had really, really hard times in my marriage, when I've had hard times with my, my children, when I've had hard times in church and other relationships, it has never since then crossed my mind, where is God and doesn't he care? And that enables me to keep dealing with the issues, whatever they are. Because I know God cares. I know he's there. And so this is huge. Coming to that conclusion in your life that God cares. No matter what else happens in my life, no matter what goes, I know God cares. And he has not abandoned me. And so this brings us just to a final thought. And this is kind of what I hope you go away with today. You can risk being humble and submissive in life because God has you covered. And he deeply cares for you. He knows your circumstances. He knows what they are and he cares. And yeah, you may have a long time to go through them, but God will be there at work in your life. And the promise is that he will work that toward good in your life. He will use it to make you more like Jesus. He will. It won't be wasted. None of it. Assuming we humble ourselves before God right? And then humbly submit and serve one another. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for how powerfully and practically you speak to us through it. And Lord, I know as I look out over today, I, I see your people, people I know, and, and many of them, Lord, I know the hardship that's in their life. And I know the hardship that lays out in front of them. Some of them, Lord, for years it lays out in front of them. I pray, Father, that they will humbly submit themselves to you, knowing that you're going to care for them. They will trust you, and then they will humbly submit in life, Lord, as needed along the way to, to serve others, even though they have problems. I pray, Lord, we would all cast our cares upon you and become free of that, and, and that maybe one of the ways we do that, Lord, is we bear each other's burdens. I don't know. We trust you to work. We need you to work. And I do pray, Lord, if someone has not humbled themselves finally and received Christ as Savior, that they would do that today. And if they don't know how to do it, Lord, I pray they'd humble themselves and reach out and ask for help. Be honored and glorified in us, Lord, as your people. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, I'm going to ask the band to come.